Welcome to Care Talk, America's home for incisive debate about healthcare business and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of CareCentrics. David, what topic are we going to dig into now? What's where, where are we going today? John, we are going to talk about biosimilars, which is a weird sounding topic, but a very, very important one. Before we start arguing about, you know, who's right and wrong about it, John, what are biosimilars? Well, you're wrong, typically, but in the case of biosimilars, I am hoping to get you on my side. Biosimilars are those drugs that are the complex biologics often made of genetic material that are infused or injected into people's bodies. They're not the typical you know, standard chemical drugs and capsules, pills and capsules. They're biologics, but they are introduced as me too or, or competitive drugs that have not an identical uh, creation and form, but one that is similar enough to compete with the clinical effectiveness of those biologics like a Remicade for uh, uh, rheumatoid arthritis um, that are already on the market, very highly priced, critical life-changing drugs, but typically up until now have had no competition because it's kind of hard to genetically engineer a competitor. But you're starting to see competition. That's what those biosimilars are competition for old, very high-priced drugs. Well, now that we know what we're talking about, let's dig in. The idea of biosimilars, it sounds great, right? Generic drugs for small molecules have been a terrific approach. You can They see they come on the market and they don't need to actually be tested in humans. Uh, they just have to show it's the same chemical compound and you get the price going way down when it's working well. There's some problems, John, with these, with these biogenerics. The first one is that they are similars they're not typically interchangeable. And so it's not even exactly the same product. It's more like a Me Too product, uh, which is not necessarily going to drive prices down. I have a problem, an ethical problem, John, with biosimilars, which is that you actually have to test it in people. And you're, re you're requiring people to go through trials that could actually be dangerous uh, to them without any real uh, you know, likely upside. So you're putting people in danger for no good reason. And then these drugs, as you say, are difficult to manufacture. I agree with that. What it means, too, is that the FDA has to really scrutinize the facilities where they're being made. And you put biologics out there, biosimilars, now they've got to go and, and, and scrutinize three or four times the number of plants that were there to start with. I thought as a, as a shill for big pharma, you were in favor of innovation. You've always talked about being in favor. These are life-changing drugs. We're never going to get the price down. Of course, there needs to be competition. Competition is the only way that... In a, in, a, in, a, in a country with the highest drug costs, we're going to actually be able to bring those costs down by creating some competition. So managed care can actually manage care and manage costs so that we can actually afford more of these drugs. I mean, I don't, I don't see what, how you can be against innovation. <laughs> well, John, you know, I'm always in favor of being a shill. Now, here's the thing. If you look on the pharma's website, they're actually in favor of biosimilars, and that should tell you something right then and there. It's because it sounds good, because it sounds like it's competition, et cetera, but really it's much more like the Me Too products. Let me say another word about that. So it's much more like in, it's, a biosimilar is much more like bringing on like the second, third, fourth, or fifth statin. Lipitor, which became a huge blockbuster, was not the first statin. It wasn't just a uh, generic uh, Crestor or whatever the earlier ones were. Uh, it was its own thing, and it was slightly different. And so they did different clin clinical trials, different marketing. They didn't they didn't market as equivalent 
to the other statins that were on the market. And so it's the same type of dynamic here. It's expensive to bring a biosimilar to market. It's not. Wait, 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 wait. Didn't you just say that you the fifth step? What didn't once statins had more competition, the branded statins, didn't the new generic statins or generically similar statins bring down the price? You can't just pick one example that's contrary to our entire industry experience that more competition allows governments and payers to pit pharma companies against one another to get lower prices. John, I mean, seriously, is that is that your is that your best argument to pick an anecdote and suggest it's market? Now, John, I know you're you're old enough to remember that when people used to complain about me too drugs, me too drugs was what was driving up the costs. Remember that? Remember remember the good old days before we had biologics to worry about? Anyway, this is like a me too product, and that's what pharma liked, and that's what payers didn't like, and this is what's this is what's occurring, John. I mean, the thing is that there, there is that most people are supportive of biosimilars, um, but there's been a problem, which is that it's just a very expensive way to get there. What's wrong with my idea, which is the usually the side you're taking, of look, they made enough money from selling Remicade or whatever for 20 years, um, patents, you know, patents or whatever they managed to hide behind. Once you've been on the market for a dozen years, why don't we say let's actually reduce the price down to like cost plus. You know, make it double or triple. But that is the way to go, John. You don't need to say, oh, let's encourage biosimilars to come on the market and do their stuff. That's way too indirect. That's why pharma likes it, by the way. I, 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 I Well, first of all, I wouldn't know what pharma likes because I don't really like pharma in a lot of cases. That's your job. But when bios, when, 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 when in every other drug category, David, when you've, when you've got more than one party in the market, the prices have been negotiated. I mean, the classic example. I mean, there, there are there. It's I, in fact, it, you will you will be hard pressed to find three or four examples other than the anecdote that you just pulled out. I mean, I, you're just saying that okay, for the first time in American history, we're going to tell the drug manufacturers to reduce their prices, and in their in their in the in their in the with with the warmth of their generous hearts, they're going to for the first time in history reduce prices. No way! All right, John. Well, rather than rehashing the past, let's talk about where we are with the uh, biosimilars. So there's first one, first biosimilars approved in the U.S. around 2015. We lagged uh, Europe in that regard. And there's 31 approved. There's a 21 on the market. And in 2020, they had sales of about $3.3 billion, and it's expected to go to $30 billion by 2028. There's almost 100 of these drugs in, in development. Now, the industry claims that they save about $6.5 billion dollars uh, in 2020 from lower prices as a result of the biosimilars, to which I say, even if true, so what? That's a tiny amount. It's a drop in the proverbial bucket. Wait, 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 wait. Did you just, did you just say, even if it lowers costs, so what? Is that what you said? <laughs> I said, if it lowers costs by six and a half billion dollars, so what? It's not worth the effort. And, 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 and how many billions does it take to get your attention when one out of three or one out of four people in America can't afford the drugs they're taking. I mean, these biologics cost over a hundred grand per patient per year. Often, uh, they are. It, it is a small percentage of the of the of the of the total drugs today. It's like single digits. Call it less than ten percent, but it's nearly half of the cost of the, the, the fully loaded dollar value. Uh, in that environment, 
I don't see how we're, and you've got hundreds of great new biologics that are transformational that have chart topping prices behind them. And, and you're going to sit here and just and sniff at five to $10 billion of cost reduction. I mean, that's, that's real, that's real cabbage where I come from. Well, John, I've been tooting my horn against the biosimilars for some time with no discernible effect other than raising your blood pressure slightly. And so let's accept that the biosimilars are going to remain on the market. Now, so what should we do to make that successful? There is one thing that's happening, which has been good, which is that uh, where we just had biosimilars in the past, now they've got these more interchangeable products. When it's interchangeable, then you can compete more head-to-head -head on price. And therefore, I say, if we're going to have that, let's encourage the interchangeable products and let's encourage more of them because that's actually likely to bring uh, prices down. Um, it has been shown some of these uh, biosimilars can do well. Uh, Nupagen, for example, uh, has 77% of the, the market share there. That is the, the generic version, the similar version of, of, of Nupagen. So it can be done and you have cost savings of up to about 45%. Again, it's not the 90%. Or 95% that you can get uh, in the heyday of the uh, of the generics for small molecules, but I would say you know more approvals, uh, more streamlined trials, interchangeable products. That's the ticket. I I I'm still sort of stunned that rather than fix a competitive market, you know, one of the reasons why biosimilars are not really succeeding today is large pharma manufacturers. Uh, relentlessly litigate. I mean, most of the patent litigation in the pharma world has not been around patent work, has not been around innovation. Two thirds of it's just extending the patents, taking them longer than they have they have they have actually had in the first place. Uh, big pharma has negotiated exclusive relationships with the PBMs to exclude new biosimilars. You know, pharma which constantly complains about PBMs but wants to flip around and then get exclusive deals which slows this down. And we don't have enough transparency around the actual drug uh, filings so that you as an, as an engineer can go in and actually look at and then engineer a new biosimilar that is safe and effective. And finally, we haven't really pushed for a market where there's a more significant discount. Perhaps based on how much people are willing to discount, we should fast track those drugs through approval. I mean, David, let's leverage technology and maybe get some competition here. You, if you could, if you can leave the 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 um, um, uh, the the, you, the 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 church of big pharma and get out, get out from that temple of of of, of excess price and 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 patent walls and jump in, get out, get beyond those walls and start to engage in competition, and we can make it fair. For those who want to innovate, we could actually bring down drug costs and maybe bring more solutions to market because the current regime just doesn't work. And we will bankrupt the United States. Amen, brother. Now, John, I, we do a lot of controversial topics here on this podcast, but uh, I, I think I'm going to stop the, the religious war uh, examples here and not take that any further because I don't know where my brain may lead us on that one. But I will say, John, I think you're, getting, you're making my point. Which is what? rather than deal with the endless court filings and, and lawsuits and, and trying to figure out what's what in the patent, just say, look, you made your money in 10 or 12 years of having the product on the market. You still can make it. You're still going to have a monopoly, but the price is going to go down 80%. So stop spending your money on lawsuits and keeping competition away because your price has gone down anyway. Now go out and create a new innovative product instead. So I think this is time for the heavy hand of the government and the belt buckle of Uncle Sam to be smacked on the pharma companies in such a manner.
Well, we do we do agree that it would be really smart if we had a coherent drug pricing strategy that tied to the approval management and regulation of the pharma industry, the wealthiest industry in America, and one that has the ability, I believe, to discount drugs while also continuing to invest in innovation. David, we can at least agree on that. John, let's agree to agree on that one. I think that is a very warm and fuzzy way to uh, to end this podcast. I mean, John, I love biosimilars. I would love them to be bio identicals, biogenerics. And uh, I would say, let's get the let's get the competitive juices going. And if not, let's bring down the hammer of Uncle Sam. Well, let's, let's hope let's hope Uncle Sam still knows how to use that hammer. We'll say that's it, John, for yet another edition of Care Talk. We've been talking today about biosimilars and biogenerics. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of Carecentrics. Thanks for joining us. And please subscribe on your favorite service.